0: Welcome to the Dad's Rank Things Podcast, a definitive ranking of the most indefinite things. From the commonsensical to the outright outrageous, just two dads speaking their minds. Or what's left of them.
1: Welcome to episode 22 of Dad's Ranked Things. I'm Jones. I'm Tyler. And today we kick it off with some nostalgia. Uh, a lot of our lists are nostalgia, believe it or not. Um, but It hits, si- it hits with the people. But since we're dads, we'll recollect back to our childhood, but then of course we got our kids' childhood upcoming, and what should we read to them? So we're looking back on what we read as kids as the best children's books. We're doing series, not individual books. We're doing series.
0: Yeah, we. Uh, upon further research, we realize when someone writes a children, children's book, they usually have several that follow. Especially so, if it's
1: good. Of course, they're going to be picked yeah. up from multiple books yep. to make money. It makes sense. Uh, sure. So kick off my number three is Harry Potter. So this one spans a wide age group from 5 to 105. It's pretty intriguing. I've actually just started reading this to my daughter, who's 5 years old now. Uh, She's fascinated by the magic, or she wants to be Harry Potter. Um, And I think the books are infinitely better than the movies. Watching back the movies now, especially the 1, 2, and 3, they're just kind of cheesy. But the books have aged really well, and they they seem interesting still. Uh, Now, I'm a 35-year-old man, and I still find uh, Boy Wizard fascinating. That might be the inner child in me.
0: I don't know, and I I think um, I actually think a lot of our audience and our age is kind of almost a generation lost on Harry Potter. Yeah, it's kind of we're we're about we're about off. Like uh, I would say, um, college age kids now. They all know everything there is to know oh, about right. Harry Potter and you're weird if you don't
1: know. So right. like,
0: they say something to me and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, one interesting fact though, the author J.K. Rowling, she didn't name everything off the top of her head. In fact, the dormitories that are at Hogwarts, she put off the back of a barf bag. Really? Yeah. Uh, what the? Hufflepuff? Okay. Slytherin? <laughs> okay. That's starting hmm. It's starting to make sense.
0: It's starting to make sense. Mine mine is really obscure for my number three and and it was, uh, so first of all mine are, are old. Okay. Mine are really, really old. Really old. Yeah. Really old. Like uh, like the 70s. Wow. Right, so this one came out in the 70s and the book series was called uh, Mr. Men and it was the name of the book series. All right. Hmm. So basically each book was uh, a category, and it was a really simply illustrated uh, book that would describe a, a certain characteristic. Okay? For example, my favorite one of them was called Mr. Strong. And so okay. the book would just talk about how this guy was strong and he could lift things and kind of what the word strong meant, mm-hmm. I think, for kids. But uh, they had Mr. Bump. You know, it was like a blue character. Bump. They're all like circles with like a, you know, bandage around his head. Oh, okay. Because he was always getting hurt, right? So they'd <laughs> like, bump. Not, <laughs> not, not that kind of bump uh or bump in the bed uh but uh, just bump uh, on your head and, okay. and getting hurt and then uh, mr happy was one of my favorites and it described the emotion happy mm-hmm. i kind of see it as a gateway to like inside out right yeah, it was weird. like inside out before this was but the the author was named roger hargraves um they were uh, depicted as being simple and humorous stories uh they came out in 1971 With sales over 85 million copies worldwide in 20 languages.
1: In the 70s, that's pretty damn good. That was
0: pretty damn good. And actually, he had a couple more that he wanted to write uh, children's books, and he passed away. His son actually finished the complete series. So there's like 48 of the Mr. books. And then, of course, there was a spinoff of the Miss books as well. Oh, so an interesting one there. Never even heard of that one. Yeah. My second one I hope you've heard of, and that, of course, is the Dr. Seuss collection. Oh, yeah. I um, you know that guy. Definitely heard of that guy. Um, yeah. What, what can you say? The the Rhyme King. Uh, he did it all. He invented it all. He's super wealthy. I actually wanted to see how much he was worth because mm-hmm. I was like, what a successful career. Uh, $75 million uh, was what his net worth was. Uh, my two favorites. The Lorax probably. We could do another ranking on this probably. <laughs> Doctor Seuss books. Uh, Lorax and Cat in the Hat would be my
1: top two. I won't give you three just in case we ever do this one. But Green Eggs and Ham is is my favorite. You like that one? Yeah. They even made a series now off of that. whole yeah. Green Eggs and Ham, and the voice of it's actually Adam Devine. Really? And Keegan Michael Key the is Adam the narrator. David. That's so a good group. If you check that out on Netflix, check it out. That's a good group. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my second one, Dr. Seuss. Uh, my number two is Magic School Bus. Oh, so yeah. So, another popular one. This one trends back to, I think, when we were kids. Like, middle school it is did, when this yeah. started being popular. Um, but nowadays, like, you can see this. There's two series based on this, TV series. There's movies, of course, based on this. But... All the educational fun that you can have while reading, I think. Same reason why, like Bill Nye, you got to learn while being entertained at the same time. Uh, Miss Frizzle was a fox, of course, and you got to learn about science, one of my favorite uh, subjects. You got volcanoes, you got space, you got snot, a whole oh, bunch wow, of stuff wow. in those series. Magic School Bus. I just can't help but think like hippies run the show. That's true. Miss <laughs> Frizzle for sure was a hippie. She had her share of uh, happy. I mean, her name in the, in the day. That's right,
0: I Miss mean, Frizzle. Uh,
1: my number one is Goosebumps. Oh, a good one. So it was the top-selling book series, children's book series of all time until Harry Potter surpassed it. 400 million books sold worldwide. Started way back in 1992, and it's actually still going today. That's how popular it is. Of course, these were short stories. They were intro to the horror genre for kids. Well, not being too scary at the same time, just mm-hmm. enough to frighten you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, something this has inspired, though, they got again movies, TV series, and actually six video games based off the Goosebumps there are? books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like coming out, or they already exist. They already exist. Six
0: <laughs> video games. I can see those being decent video games. Lots of movies that have kind of those actions and the twists. Mm-hmm. Goosebumps, it is. I, you know, once again, you know, I, I, Goosebumps were later for us. Right. You know we kind of we kind of missed the boat on that. You're you're well. Just, I was right, right in the thick of it. Just 92. 92 was when ends. I
1: started reading, so it was right in the thick of mine. Okay, that makes more sense.
0: That makes more sense. Uh, my last one. My last one's more of a suggestion uh, for uh, a lot of you with athletic children out there. And my last one is the Matt Christopher Sports Book Collection. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, Matt maybe. Christopher. The uh, most popular the that... one that you might have read growing up was a, a name. The name of the book was The Kid Who Only Hit Homers. Okay, yeah. And that was really popular. That's yeah. kind of one that set Matt Christopher off. But he has like. He's still writing, never ending. He had like a, a, a most recent one about Steph Curry. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't know that. Uh, you know, for me, the kid who only hit homers like changed my life. I was like, I'm, I'm such a kid. I'm such a sports nerd and these books uh, do everything for me. But uh, there, that one was one of my favorites. Catcher with a Glass Arm. That was another one. And then the, there was a basketball one called Johnny Longlegs.
1: Johnny, Long, Johnny Longlegs was yeah. a good,
0: good sports book for kids. Uh, and then I was a soccer one. So I had Soccer Halfback. Not as creative with the name. Soccer wasn't as popular back then. Habakkuk. <laughs> uh, it's, like uh, it's a midfield. Another word for midfielder okay. in the 80s and 70s. So, hmm. yeah, not, uh, not real creative with the name on, on that one. But the other ones are good. I, I, so, for me, that was my number one. Uh, collection of books as a kid. Once again, I was a huge sports nerd. Uh, Jones probably wouldn't let me put this on here, but my, one of my number one things to read as a kid were actual the sports almanacs from the previous year. Yeah, like right. I would get like the 1987 sports almanac and I would just read the whole thing. That's not a good uh, children's series, probably. And
1: these are sports card books. I used to read all Beckett I, all the time. Oh, Beckett was I read the Beckett too. Good, mm-hmm. you want to see where
0: your where your worth Kurt was? Wasn't. It makes make that cash, kids. Tell us what your favorites are so obviously, we kind of make a living, Jones and I, uh, in the word business. You know, we got I teach communication, this guy does PR. So a lot of our day- to day includes being good at words, right? And to be good at words, you have to be able to spell said words. So we mm-hmm. decided to tackle the three hardest words that Jones and I, have to spell. Now, before the segment even started, he is already ripping on me, saying one of my words was easy. And that's how this is going to play out, people. Yeah. Someone's going to say it's a, a yeah. word is hard to spell for them, and you'll be like, how? How is that hard to spell for you? It everybody, just is, man. Everybody
1: struggles with something different. Back off! Just like everybody has a different taste in beer, everybody can't spell that's different true. words.
0: Right. That's true. So let's get to my, my first one that Jones is already ripping on me. <laughs> I really struggle to spell the word definitely. Now, I will say there is a big portion of the world that changes it to defiantly. I know there's no A in it, okay? I get that. I just don't know where the E's and the I's and the E's and the Y's and they all where do they all go? And it Mm -hmm. just confuses me. I think I've I've done it enough in my typing. I could probably get through it eight out of ten times and getting it right, but it's still one that haunts me in my
1: sleep. So this is one that I learned over time because I typed it so much that I had to learn how it was spelled and, and I don't what the think, order of, of the letters were you do you I avoid think I can, it i think i you can make my it?
0: no i think i can make my fingers type it out but if i had to sit there in front of like a panel and spell it okay i would screw it the hell up
1: <laughs> now thankfully all these words don't necessarily matter anymore because of autocorrect it does a great job of catching a lot of them but if you're trying to send a text real quick uh, Siri's not going to have it's any about, idea what you're trying to do. It's here, more
0: about right? typing to me. Like okay. the texting, it, it, it can fix. So typing, I still have to go back and see what uh, got the red squiggle line.
1: Right, from. right. Uh, my number three is guarantee. Oh, that's a tough one, yeah. So so let me get this straight. In, in guarantee, like in, in the word arrangement, uh, it has a gare, like an effeminate bear. Okay. Let's say gare. Yes, yes. Um, but in guard, it's a gar, like a pirate. Yes. Same letter arrangement, but it has different sounds. Right. When right. you put them in different words. The English language makes no sense whatsoever and I can never get how this U and the A and the A and the R's all appear together. I struggle with that one too. So that th- one. that's my number three. Guarantee. That's a good one. Uh, my number two is camouflage. Now camo is short for camouflage. That's but what, what that's the the most hell, people go with. Camo. What the hell is that you doing in there? Like... Is it trying to camouflage it itself inside of camouflage the word? It's almost like it's almost like you know what? It's <laughs> almost like
0: British. It's like, like color with the U. Yeah, right. It's like and the way favorite, they spell favorite with the U. And we've dropped those as uh, in the American side of spelling things.
1: So, but t- so two issues with camouflage. One, I don't know where the U supposed to go. Number two, it ends with an E, like. What? What the hell? It does e end of that thing. with the Yes, absolutely.
0: So I quickly slipped into the pronoun world. I don't know if that was allowed by Jones or not, but I'm going to tell you that's where I struggle a lot, and most of you probably do too. And and one I struggle with, and it's, it's come up lately in my life for some reason, is Albuquerque. Ooh, that one yeah. is impossible. Like, how do people? Maybe because we're by the Mississippi River, it became easy, we got little songs and stuff, uh, Crooked Letter, Crooked Letter, all that (laughs) garbage to spell things. Please, if anyone is, is listening or watching us from Albuquerque, give me a song or a crooked letter saying, that I know you guys don't have a lot of those, that gets me through how to spell Albuquerque because there's R's and there's Q-U-E's and there's yeah. a, a U where you don't expect it. Uh, and I, I, I get lost on that one.
1: Q's will mess you up no matter where you put it inside a word. Whether it's the beginning, the end, or the middle, Q's are going to mess you up no matter what word it is. And especially a, t- a city that's named after, uh, I suppose, Indians. In I, some way. I
0: would assume. But, I would assume. Or people that hated spelling. <laughs> Maybe name it after them, because that would be my suggestion. Uh, and so my last number one is one that I use quite frequently. Um, people that know me well understand that this is going to come out quite often, but I really struggle with Sheshevsky. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> names is a whole other thing. Can we get to the, the worst sports names to spell. And that but would be a long list.
0: I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. The the, the challenge was out there. Mike Krzyzewski, uh the way it sounds is nowhere near. The, the, the a, great thing about that,
1: it's easily Coach K. Coach right? K. You you can, know, you can shorten that. People know who you're talking about yeah, when you say you that.
0: They, you know, <laughs> if you try to, to say it to the A city, that it could be anything, not Albuquerque. But Coach <laughs> K, Shousefsky yeah, is one that I will always butcher my entire life.
1: So, so you haven't. Had it as a habit. I mean, he's been a coach for 20 years now. That plus, doesn't mean I've right? learned it. but I had didn't... a teacher once. Her last name was Koshelsky. <laughs> That's really confusing. But it was
0: on every spelling test. <laughs> so I had to learn it, man, and I got it. Krzyzewski hasn't been on a test for me
1: yet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, my number one, I don't use all that often, too, but it's diarrhea. Oh. But no matter how often you spell it, it's still a letter diarrhea <laughs> until you finally just give up and call it the shits. <laughs> I mean, every single time. I don't know if there's two Rs, two Hs, and E and an A where those go, but for there's me, a, you know, there's an excess of things. Yeah, an just excess like of diarrhea. Everything. Yeah,
0: it's like uh, it just keeps coming. <laughs>
1: Alright, so the Feast of the Year is coming up. That means it's Thanksgiving time and there's loads and loads to eat. But Tyler and I wanted to talk, tackle the worst things to eat on Thanksgiving. So what are the worst dishes in your mind? We'll talk about ours. So my number three is pecan or pecan pie. Mm, depending on how, how country you are. Yeah, no matter how you spell it, it's still nasty and nobody eats it. Uh, to me, it's, it's like a nut dessert. Which sounds like a bad sexual innuendo for a cooking show slash porn genre yeah. crossover. Anytime you use like a gelatin nut. Yeah, it <laughs> it sounds, doesn't sound sounds right. nasty. I- I've
0: never liked it. I don't know even how to say it. I don't want to offend someone if I say pecan or
1: pecan. Yeah, and I don't want to chew through my pie. Mm, no. I like my pie to be soft and delicious. Mm, I agree with that. It's a Good start. I'm gonna I'm going to throw
0: the whole world into a tizzy right out of the gate. All right. Tizzy, huh? Yeah, tizzy. You're all gonna be in a tizzy, because my number three worst Thanksgiving food is a dinner roll. What? Yeah, here's the deal. (laughs) I'm gonna eat so much food. Why the hell do I need to just eat piece of bread with some butter on it, or butter and jelly? Like I could get that whenever. This is Thanksgiving, bro. Alright. I want turkey to be stuffing into my belly. I want gravy and mashed potatoes in there. I don't want bread.
1: So you just hate it because it's a space filler, not because space It takes taste?
0: up way too much space for uh, Thanksgiving.
1: I disagree with your list already. I know.
0: That's what I told you. I'm going to throw you right into a tizzy. Dinner rolls, they're not going to be on my plate. Get them out of here. i got a lot of food that needs to go in there, and you're just taking up space, Mr. I can eat you every day. That's
1: Thanksgiving blasphemy right there.
0: Thank you very much. That's what I'm here for. Number two, cranberry sauce. Oh yeah. Come on, everybody knows it. We makes a weird noise already coming out of the can. What is it? Oh, I don't understand.
1: That's that's my number one. The reason why it's the worst Thanksgiving dish ever is because nobody eats it. Like every time you go by, it, it's, it's there. untouched, unblemished. Nobody's even taken a bite out of it. Eat on your second trip. That's because nobody eats it. Looks pretty. It does look pretty. I like the smell. I even like cranberries. Yeah, I like cranberries know. too. I just don't know why it,
0: we needed to have something fruity.
1: I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to think you're eating health conscious on No, not day. a thing. No, no. No health you're conscious. You're eating 20, 2,500 calories in one sitting.
0: And the cranberry sauce is probably, uh, definitely not health conscious. <laughs> no.
1: Um, uh, so that was my number one was cranberry sauce. My number two, I'll go back, is jello salad. So I have a thing with yes. a lot of, like, great decision. Much. So the person who decided to put a pineapple slice inside a bowl full of a liquid solid has to be dead, right? Well, good, good, because they need to stay dead. Because this idea was just a horrible concept. Let me put a, a fruit or a veggie inside of a Jello. The most
0: popular one that I've seen, and, and you, our people, can probably relate, is like the uh, is like the mandarin oranges in the yeah. mandarin orange gelatin with the yeah. marshmallows on top. Yeah, that's. <laughs> why do I want
1: that? The worst idea ever. Why
0: do, why do I want that? This is Thanksgiving. I don't want Jello with marshmallows. That in fact, I don't sense. even want Jello on
1: Thanksgiving. Nah, me like, neither. That's, Speaking
0: of marshmallows, this this is a, in a common occurrence, but sweet potatoes got to go. For oh, me. come
1: on. Let's
0: get them out of here. I, <laughs> I've tried to eat sweet potatoes in every form that possibly exists, and there's something off about them. There's something not right about them. I don't care if it's sweet potato fries or sweet potatoes with the marshmallows, sweet potato this. It's got to go. Even with a little cinnamon or
1: brown sugar and Once the marshmallows? Once again, here we go. Nothing? Here we go.
0: See, now we're making a dessert. Why would I want to make my potatoes a dessert? It's Potatoes. <laughs> gravy sure butter you bet you slather it up a little salt and pepper if we need it but
1: i'm a cinnamon? fan i'm a fan of having flavor variety on thanksgiving so a lot of things are just white uh, like your mashed potatoes and your noodles and your gravy and your turkey everything's like the same consistency thing. the same thing yeah. you need a little variety that's the reason why i like green bean casserole have a lot of some green bean casserole, yeah and sweet potato casserole I love those desserts
0: do you like Sweet potato fries, you know, you even do sweet potato waffle fries, all that stuff.
1: I am, I, I like sweet potatoes. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Not me, not me. Green meat, casserole, sure. I'm surprised. So you like noodles? I love noodles. I bathe my Thanksgiving love, day plate on. I, I noodles. love noodles too.
0: I think there's probably a contingency of people that don't like noodles.
1: What's the strange thing is I found the noodles are very geocentric. So the South is noodle heavy, but the North, and the further north you go, they don't even take noodles on Thanksgiving. That's the crazy thing. What? Yeah. What do they put out there? I don't know. So let us know in the comment section. If you're from the north or the south, what do you put on your Thanksgiving Day dinners? If you don't have noodles, that's what we want. What are you you replacing it with? There's got to be something there.